This, uh, you know, first of all, we want to welcome everybody to the, um, to the what did we say? The second, is this the second? The second annual intergenerational, you know, we call it extravaganza. We tend to reformulate um, things a little bit in this year, but, you know, hopefully we do it, you know, constructively and, you know, uh, with great, um, you know, affection. So, um, but it is really very special um, to have, uh, you know, a sample of, uh, you know, to have some of the grand grandparents and, and fathers um, here. I don't know if we have any fathers-in-law here. Do we have fathers-in-law as well? I don't know. What? Future father. Future father. Oh, wow. Mazel tov. I know, Josh. <laughs> I mean, we did sing for us already, but what? If he wasn't in Israel, he would be here. Oh, you're a father-in-law. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're not going to. We're in a bit of a rush because I have. Uh, <clears throat> I have to run to a wedding. Otherwise, I would, you know, try to spend more time and, and get to know everybody better. But you know, po- hopefully, as I said to the smaller group a minute ago, um, you know, you're welcome to come anytime. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's your schedule, as far as I'm concerned, that is, you know, uh, precluding more visits. But everybody's always welcome whenever they'd like to. Um, I'll just, you know, start by saying very quickly, you know, the Parsha that we read, of course, uh, and the Parshios that we're reading in, um, in the end of Shmos, you know, uh, revolve around the, um, uh, you know, the building of the Mishkan and the Kalin, and, you know, sometimes people see that as, you know, a more challenging, you know, uh, Parshios to speak about, but, you know, obviously the, um, the construction of the Kalin and the role that they play in the placement of the Mishkan, I'm not going to get involved in this because I want to give the right the share, but um, is is really um, you know a, a foundation for for values and for understanding relationships you know in, in Torah itself. So uh, one of the you know very unique things about the Aron, um, the Aron of course uh, had a special role in, in the Mishkan, um, you know very much so, and uh, even the Ramban who you know doesn't think that the other Kalim are are included in the mitzvah of uh, Binyan Amikdash, thinks that they're, you know, the, the building of the Aron, um, and, you know, the caring for the Aron is a mitzvah of Niatzma. Obviously, the Aron, uh, you know, which uh, has the Luchos and Sev Torah, um, and the Shivrei Luchos in some cases, stands at the apex, stands at the center also of the um, uh, of the Mishkan, and then later of the Beis HaMikdash, at least the first Beis HaMikdash. Uh, but the Torah says about, you know, the um, Aron, that the Bade Aron, you know, there's an Iser to remove them, and that that, you know, is a constant Iser. And, you know, Farshav already know that, uh, you know, the Shulchan and the Mizbeach also have Badim, but that um, the Aron's Badim, you know, are, are supposed to be permanently, um, you know, attached. And, of course, you know, that is something that is very intriguing, especially since the Aron, um, you know, kind of encapsulates, you know, Torah and the role that it has and the Kesser Torah, um, etc. So I, I just wanted to, you know, um, uh, kind of integrate two thoughts um, as a way of just, you know, greeting everyone. Um, the first one is that, um, you know, the Badeh Aron, you know, um, reflect in the uh, thinking of the Medrash, you know, the support for, um, you know, for Torah. Sometimes this, uh, you know, support uh, often is, translates into, like, financial support. Um, the Gemara in Matzachet Yoma, and Samach Beis, certainly understands it that way as well. 
Um, but I think, you know, for our purposes today, uh, more important than, you know, even financial support is, um, you know, psychological support. Um, the idea that, um, you know, the Oron, which represents a Kesar Torah, is something that, you know, needs to be supported and reinforced and encouraged. And um, I think it's particularly true in our time, um, where, you know, more and more and more, especially in, in events, sadly, of, uh, of the last few months, but even before that, you know, it's been painfully obvious, but it's just, you know, I guess the extent of it has, you know, uh, become um, even more acutely uh, known, and that is, you know, how much of a gap there is between the general culture and its perspective, um, even on, you know, what we used to call, you know, the common Judeo-Christian ethic and, and things of that sort, where, you know, there was a sense that, and hopefully part of that is still intact, but um, very much under the assault, you know, that, uh, you know, humaneness and, and values of uh, loyalty and truth and, and things of that sort. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Torah has its own, you know, perspective on those and is very adamant about, uh, you know, truth and, and an unwavering perspective on those, as well as on, on other spiritual um, values. You know, the first thing that was said to Avram Avinu was, you know, and, you know, my father's was always very, like, uh, you know, always challenged as, as a rav, you know, uh, who had to, you know, make drushos, and, and also just personally, by the medrash that says that, um, you know, the lech of har hamorian, the lech of me'artzacham, the maladatacham, you know, um, are connected, and the Medrash uh, raises the question, like, which one of them was a bigger um, challenge, you know, and a more impressive, you know, feat, you know, by, uh, by Avram Avinu. And uh, my father always thought I was very peculiar. It is very peculiar. I mean, we're talking about the Akedah, you know, where he was asked, you know, is Asher Hafta, you know, is Yitzchak, as opposed to... Um, you know, uh, also very significant, but how can you compare? But uh, my own personal answer to that question is that, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes easier to rise to, to an occasion and a moment, you know, and especially when there's, you know, a crisis and things become very um, clear. You know, there's a certain clarity sometimes in a crisis. Um, but, you know, to be, we'll call it counter-cultural or to be consistent when you have different value system, um, you know, and to be able every day, you know, to uh, embrace, you know, um, a, a value system that is at odds, you know, with the prevailing political correctness and, and everything else, you know, is uh, is probably equally hard in some respects is more difficult. So, the as some of Farshim explain, are different, you know, parts of the, you know, cultural matrix of, um, you know, of where Avram Avinu grew up. And he was being asked, you know, to, to adopt a whole different, you know, perspective on, on values. And, you know, in a sense, being Tomeich Torah, you know, by the Badim, the idea that the Badim are always part of the Torah, is a way, I think, at least I'm taking it this way, um, not just of, you know, as I say, financial support, that's important too, but psychological support, I mean, the idea that you can live in a society and there are many 
positive, very constructive things and a certain responsibility and being in a society and interacting and trying to be constructive in the marketplace of ideas and so on and so forth, both for your own survival and also to elevate the society in which you know you find yourself. And at the same time, um, you know, to be able to sustain the differences in a principled way is extremely challenging. And you know, that's the lechlecha challenge, and that is where the badim of the aron, you know, um, you know, remain, you know, part of the aron. There's no Torah without its support, and um, what greater support, you know, than the support of family? You know, uh, the values that you, you know, learn at home and, you know, that are reinforced, you know, when you send your children, you know, off to, uh, you know, beginning, you know, Kita Aleph and, and you know, uh, or before and then continuing. And then especially when they reach the point of, uh, you know, learning on a high level and really, you know, getting the benefit of uh, extracting those values, you know, from the Libud, you know, itself. Um, you know, it's uh, this whole idea of, of, you know, becoming someone who's an ambassador, you know, for Torah's values is something that, you know, is, is enhanced. And the support of, um, of parents, you know, and, and grandparents and family in general um, for that is, is critical uh, because society is, you know, often, you know, um, um, shouting, you know, uh, with a very different uh, voice. And uh, if that can also be translated, you know, into et behave basufa, you know, uh, the shakavataria of, of fathers and sons who actually learn together, you know, and, and have brought, you know, uh, you know, tinokos based rabban, you know, to the point of, um, you know, learning, you know, basmada and biyun and, and really understanding that that's an extraordinary thing and something that, if it continues you know, is uh, an existential bond, you know, uh, that, that's what Chazal say about it, you know, it's, uh, you know, Avu Bno, also Rav Vitalmido, but um, that relationship, you know, is a parallel one, always, Vishinanta Levanecha, you know, you know, they learn together, and, you know, they engage in the Bukhamta Shel Torah, and the initial Nasim Oivim Zezeh, but Einam Zazim Bishamat's a Nashim Ohavim Zezeb, Gemara that I, I like to quote a lot. I just think it's a very powerful image, and it's so true. You know, the bonding over uh, the mutual love and, and appreciation, you know, of Vivla la difference of, of the different values and the Chakra Bataria, you know, being uh, immersed in the Mesorah of, uh, of Torah. And if that's, you know, part of the family legacy, you know, then that is a very extraordinary thing. And I think this integrates well with a, another perspective that I'm also always very partial to. The first one is kind of my own take a little bit, but Rav Hirsch in his, uh, you know, Perish Torah suggests that the, um, you know, the reason that the Badim, and the, when it came to the Aron in particular, could not be removed is because of, um, you know, the, the idea that Torah is always relevant in every generation and, you know, of course, uh, which feeds into what we were speaking of before. You know, the its its opponents, you know, tried to characterize it as being archaic or, you know, um, uh, you know, stemming from a particular society, therefore be limited by it, you know, inconsistent with progress, um, you know, an evolution of uh, of thought and so on and so forth, um, and um, you know that that's you know kehem chayenu 
our, our notion of Mesorah and everything else is uh, diametrically opposed to that. You know, the Rav used to say that, um, you know, if you had to formulate a 14th principle of faith <coughs> beyond the Yud Gimli Karim of the Rambam, it would be, you know, that uh, to affirm the Torah's uh, relevance to every society and its capacity, you know, to meet, you know, um, every challenging um, circumstance. And that, that's the other aspect of the Badim, you know, that uh, the Torah remains, you know, uh, mobile and, and relevant and, you know, carryable, if you will, you know, and that, that's what Rav Hirsch um, explains. And I think these two things are the same, basically, meaning uh, with the support of family, and if this is the vocabulary and this is the, you know, existential bond of, of parents and, and children and grandparents and, and so on, then, um, you know, then that, you know, is, is what, what enables, you know, Torah to be applicable and relevant, you know, and a vital force and a constructive force, you know, even when the challenges are, uh, are extreme, as they are now. So that was a long, you know, hello. But um, so in that spirit, we, we really do appreciate, um, uh, you know, the opportunity to host you a little bit in this uh, intergenerational extravaganza. Um, okay, so we've been learning Masachet Yevamos. Um, they tell me that she was learning something else. I don't remember. Um, somebody mentioned to me something about that. But, um, you, know, you know, we've been learning Yevamos, and uh, I know I've been enjoying. So we, uh, we're in the middle of one topic, which we'll get back to, Mir Tashem, tomorrow. But um, uh, we just skipped ahead a little bit on our agenda because we know we have guests, and we also have very limited time. So uh, also I'll be probably speaking more and calling on a little bit less uh, for that reason. But uh, something, again, which I think is um, um, representative, you know, of the themes that we've been trying to analyze, you know, at least. So, um, Jacob, you want to read for us? <coughs> are, you, uh, are you attached or, or no? Okay, either way. Um, yeah, so let's start with the Gemara on Yud Aleph and Aleph for a minute, and then we'll go back to Yev Sota also with you. Yeah, and then we'll just you know formulate the problem or at least you know some of the you know issues as they come up and and see how it fits been fitting in or how it fits in with you know some of the themes that we have been developing um, in Yibo. Okay, go ahead. So let's Omar Yudam Marav. Yeah, so that's already kind of a mouthful, right? Again, we've touched on this earlier, mostly in terms of Tsaras um, Sota, which we'll speak a little bit more about as well. But now I'm more interested in it in terms of the, uh, you know, the Ikar issue, you know, itself. So what do you think, Jacob? Is this like some, this line is Mechudash? Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, routine? Yeah, I think it's pretty Mechudash. We don't know, uh, normally we think of Sota as not Classified as an Arab, it's not in the Parsha of Arayos. Excellent. It's just pieces of confusion. It doesn't seem like... Excellent. ...should be in that Parsha. But at the same time, um, one could argue that... He, because Yibam might be different, and so... Okay, so basically what you're saying so far is that the, the objective data, right, um, makes this statement, uh, at minimum, you know, either controversial or, or, or questionable or challengeable, no, etc. Right, because typically, if we're talking about um, arayos, right? So we're talking about the parsha of achrimos. We spent quite a bit of time for achrimos or kedoshim, correct? And um, 
you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, usually a circumstance which precludes Tvisas Kiddushin, right? Uh, moreover, typically, what's, what, what will be the Onesh? Chai Vekrisus. And, um, and here, the Gemara wants to, you know, suggest, or the Halakha wants to suggest basically a shortcut, you know, and that is that since the word tumma, you know, again, it's not uncommon for, you know, to encounter such a shortcut, but each time, you know, we need to at least, you know, speculate or, or you know, weigh its significance. Because the Torah uses the expression tumma, basically, we're, 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 you know, suggesting that we can defy all of the objective legal, you know, rules that we have hitherto um, associated with, you know, um, uh, let's, let's call it uh, the exclusion of Zika, let's assume that's what's going on here, for Yibum, because there's no Yibum, no Chalitza. Um, you know, typically, a Yibum situation, you know, gives you the opportunity of Yibum and Chalitza. Even if there is no Yibum, Chalitza, at least, is usually a wider option, as we know. That's a topic in its own, right? Moreover, this idea of Tzara Sota, which is the idea for those, you know, we're not familiar with the moment, uh, but the idea of Tzara Sota, of course, is that if a man, if you have a Yibum situation and the man, uh, you know, dies, he leaves no children, let's say he had more than one wife in a pre, you know, Cherem Rabbeinu Gershom, you know, world where, where men could be married to more than one wife. So let's say he had uh, two wives, let's say, mm-hmm. and if one of the wives, typically the din is that if one of the wives is an erva to the Yavam, meaning to the brother, let's say there's Ruvain and Shimon. Right, so uh, Ruvain and Shimon are brothers. Ruvain has two wives. Let's say uh, Sarah. Well, not Sarah Leah, because that would play their sisters. Sarah and uh, Yentol, or okay. Um, so are the two wives of of Ruvain, right? And then Shimon is the brother, right? And if Ruvain dies sadly without leaving children, but he leaves Sarah and Yentol his his wives, and let's say. One of them, let's say um, Sarah, you know, is uh, also his brother's daughter, which is a permissible, I'm not recommending it, but it's a permissible relationship. A person can marry his, his niece. So um, if, he, if Ruvain married his niece, namely the daughter of um, Shimon, and then sadly he <clears throat> dies, leaving, you know, that daughter and Gentle, her co-wife, you know, um, as, uh, as wives... So now Shimon, the brother, faces a Yibum situation with you know, one of those two women, with Sarah, his daughter, and Yentel, her you know, co-wife. And what we're saying is if it was an erva, like, like a daughter, right, which is certainly, I mean, it's Shimon's daughter, obviously, he can't uh, be miyavemes, you know, he can't be miyabem, you know, his daughter. But the din of Sarah's uh, erva means that, that Yentel, is also excluded from Yibum as the co-wife of an Erva. And what the Gemara here is saying about Sota is that if a woman, again, you have Ruvain and Shimon, let's say Ruvain had two wives, let's say one of Ruvain's two wives was unfaithful to him, a sad, you know, circumstance, and uh, as such, you know, there are consequences to that, she's called a, a Sota. We'll see in a moment, there's Sota Vada and there's Sota Safek, um, but you know, one where we know for sure she, you know, betrayed the marriage vows, and the other one where, you know, there's circumstantial evidence through the process of kinui and stira, you know, which, um, you know, have 
legal consequences, even though it's not an absolute you know, certainty you know, that she actually violated you know, in the most extreme way. So um, now the, the problem is that Ruvain, with his two wives, one of them who betrayed the, the marriage, and we're trying to figure... Then he died without leaving children, and now you know, Shimon, his brother, is facing these two women, the woman who betrayed his brothers, one of the wives, but she's still a wife. She wasn't, there was no divorce. So she's still in the, in the picture, if you will. And the other, you know, very, you know, um, you know, innocent, we'll call her, or admirable, you know, um, co-wife. And that's what the Gemara is telling us, is that Tsaras Sota, according to Rav, Tsaras Sota, Asura, that, you know, even though normally the din is that, you know, this rule of tsara, which is a Kiddush to begin with, applies only to an erva. That's the first Mishnah in Masechet Yavamos, our 15 arayos. These 15 arayos all are exempt from Yibum and Chalitza. In addition to that, if there are co-wives of these arayos, right, they too are exempt from Yibum and Chalitza. And the Gemara here is making a huge statement Right, that even Sota, which is not in the parsha of Arad, this is I'm just repeating what Jacob said. I'm just, you know, Jacob tends to speak, you know, you know very succinctly, you know, Kedarko. Um, it's a good thing, you know, but I'm just expanding on, uh, elaborating on his words. Right? You'll tell me if I'm overstepping. Um, um, so basically, um, you know, she's not in the parsha of Arayos uh, in Achrimos. She is not an erva, most ervas, almost every erva, with the exception of Nida, there's no Tfisas Kedushin. If you were to be Makadesh, your mother-in-law or your sister or your daughter, right, the Kedushin would not be Chal, right? If you were to be Makadesh, if you, you know, didn't, you know, uh, divorce your um, Asota, she's still your wife, right? You're obligated to separate from her and to divorce her. But until you do, she is your wife. There's, the Tvisas Kedushin has not been compromised, Kihuzeh. He's not allowed to continue to have, um, you know, a marital uh, relationship with her. But if he were to, you know, against the rules, he would not incur, you know, the Chi of Kares, which an erva does. Meaning, in a word, you know, all the rules that we associate with erva are not applicable to Sota. And nonetheless, what we're saying is that in the case, I will explain, of a Sota Vadai, that um, there's no Yibam and there's no Chalitza. It's already a Chiddush. And even a bigger Chiddush that there's Tsaras, Sota as well, even though we only associate that Chiddush, it's all learned out from Achosisha or, or, or something. It's all learned out from Erva. And all this because the Torah uses the expression Tumah, in the context of Arayos, and Tumah in the context of Sota, meaning the Gemara itself is acknowledging that this is a rule-breaker, right, based on this uh, formulation, but, uh, you know, it's one thing to say it. How, how doesn't that rock the whole world of Yibum? Yeah? Why is it necessarily a Kiddush or a rule-breaker to extrapolate a principle from, from a, a criminal case to a civil case just because it's crossing that dividing line? It's still the same principle. Well, that's the question. Is it the same principle or not? Now, what I'm trying to identify is, I mean, that's always a question in law. Like, if there are, you know, if there are uh, overlapping similarities between two things, and there are also discrepancies between them, right? No, so, the 
in this case, there are overlapping. Uh, well, the, the punishment is different. The impact on marriage is different. The status of erva is... All these things are discrepancies. The question is, is the phrase tumma, which is associated both with erva and sota, is that sufficiently overlapping? I wouldn't say to compensate for. Is that more critical than the differences? Now, again, it can be demonstrated that these differences that we're talking about before aren't just incidental like if you're we're comparing two categories of law you say there's A and there's B but whoever said that the differences between A and B are consequential to the area that you're applying them ah so we don't have so much time right now but the idea that kares you know seems to be an important factor in Yibo the idea that Tfisa's Kiddushin seems to be an important factor in Yibo the idea that the Parsha in Achremos of Erva seems to be a factor in Kedushan, all of these can be demonstrated you know, from other cases. So what we're being asked by Rav you know, to accept is that notwithstanding that these salient features, you know, each of which we know is a factor in what we call Zika, and, you know, which affects Chalitza and Soros Erva, um, that nonetheless, they are all overridden by the you know terminology of tumma. Now that this is a problem or an issue is is clear in, in two ways. Oh, silly of me. Um, uh, do we have the Ramban? Anybody have like a physical Ramban? I thought I brought it in, but I didn't. It's on my desk probably. Um, the Ramban in, um, in on here on Dafir Aleph Omid Aleph and also on Dafchaf Omid Aleph relates this problem. Do we have no one has a physical Ramban? Yeah. What? Oh, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, we have one. We do have one. I guess it's a different world, right? Okay. Um, I know everybody's seen the Ramban, but, you know, we... Okay, so the Ramban, Andaf Yud Aleph, Omid Aleph, just to highlight it, is, um, is, is certainly troubled by these issues, right? Um, the Ramban says, number one, Hod Amar Rav Tzoras, Sota Sura Tumaksiba Karayos. So he says, Bidinhu, right? The Havale Lashmi'inan Sota Atzma. The first thing that troubles the Ramban is like, why is the Gemara, you know, um, leaping ahead? You know, they jumped over like an important Chiddush here. Like, if this were all obvious, it's one thing. But how come the Gemara speaks about Saras Sota, you know, as if the exclusion of the Sota, you know, herself, you know, was, uh, was obvious. It should have first said, you know, um, that Rav said, Sota and, or it should have said, Sota is excluded from Yibam and Chalusa, and even Tsaras Sota is excluded. It should have said something like that. Instead, Rav jumped, you know, right to the, you know, to Chiddush, you know, number three, if you will. So that's what the Ramban noted. You know, because the point the Ramban is trying to make is that even the stat, forget about Tzara Sota, which is already the exotic, you know, point, that Sota is treated as an erva is already a Chiddush. Let's add to the, there's no Kares, correct? And there's no problem of Tzvisa's Kiddushin. So typically, we would have treated Sota based on the Mishnah and Avchaf Amad Aleph in Yavamos, 
where the Mishnah says that, based on the Gemara's understanding of the Mishnah, that, you know, Isure Kedusha, or Isure Mitzvah, which the Gemara says includes Chai Ve'lavin, right? Midoraisa, uh, the Gemara's conclusion, well, the Mishnah says, Chai Ve'lavin, all have Chalitza. And they certainly don't have Tzaros. And then the Gemara explains on Davchafom and Beis, not only that, but they, Midoraisa, have Yibum, because of the principle of Ase Dochelos Ase, right? And the only reason that the Mishnah says that they only have Chalitza is because uh, Midrabanan, they made a Gzera, because it would only have been a permissibility of having like a, a, a minimal, you know, kind of a Yibum, via Rishona, and, you know, Gzera, one of the other. Basically, the, the point is, that if, if as a regular Chayve Lavin, which objectively, legally, is what Sota is, as that, you know, there should have been Yibum, Chalitza, and no Ptur of Tzara. It's not as if, you know, um, at least half or two-thirds, you know, um, of, you know uh, of, of the Chidushim here, you know, are clear. All, all three are rule-breakers, essentially. That's what the Ramban is trying to point out. Um, yeah. Okay, now his answer, meaning, uh, you know, the Gemara went for the, you know, the more spectacular Chiddush, and if, if there's Tsaras Erva, meaning if the co-wife is also excluded, you know, even though there's no Erva, then obviously we're treating this as Erva, because that's the most aspirational let's say, aspect of, of this. And as such, um, understandably, you know, it's a, it's a succinct way to crystallize, you know, what we're saying here. But uh, I'm reading the Ramban because I'm trying, trying to show you that objectively speaking, even the lesser, um, you know, leaps here are, are problematic. The Hodam, Rina, B'Mesachat, Sota, you know, Parakama, we'll read that in a minute, Elamiata, Chalitza, Nami, Loliboy, the Gemara says that maybe you shouldn't eat chalitza. That's to, I'm talking about a suffix, so we'll see. Amalei Rav Yosef, ilu isa lebaal milo boy gita, bachanami boy gita. We'll see in a moment the Gemara in Sota, Jacob's going to read it for us in a minute, that um, the Gemara there says, you know, maybe you don't need chalitza in the case of a Sota, and then the Gemara says, ah, how can you not need chalitza? Even the husband, who's obligated to separate from his wife who betrayed the marriage, but he still has to divorce her. She doesn't just, you know, leave. The marriage isn't over automatically. There still needs to be a, you know, um, uh, a conclusion. There still needs to be a closure by means of a get. So, so it's reasonable to think they need chalitza. But here you don't need chalitza. Rav, leisle, haitaima. So it happens to be the Gemara and Sota is talking about suffix Sota. Here's some about vadai Sota. And Balitosis are troubled by this same question in Sota as well. We'll see it in a minute. But what they're asking is, isn't the logic behind, you know, needing at least Chalitza, isn't that applicable even to Vadai Sota? Meaning, they're, they're, the common denominator in what, the Ramban, what bothered the Rabban, but he already answered, and, and the second point that the Rabban is raising, it's, it's like the Rabban is, you know, is, is shouting, you know, uh, this whole halacha from beginning to end you know, is an exception, you know, to rules. Logic would dictate that since there is no objective erva, that the logic of the Gemara in Sota, which is at least Yedida Chalitza, right, because 
It's not erva. There's no kares. There is tefisas kiddushin. You can't just you know the zika doesn't just go away, does it? So ad kedekach. The Ramban says Rav leislei high taima. Balitosis have a different answer. The kimdechsib beituma karayos pturim enachalitzom enayibo. Doesn't matter. This tuma karayos is going to obliterate everything. Every other factor. Okay, we have to explain why. Avol ein kiddushin harishonim. Nifgaim, right? Even though, you know, in that original marriage, right, you need a get. You don't say, oh, she betrayed the marriage. The marriage is over. She's no longer his wife. Now she can marry whoever she wants, or now, you know, the marriage contract, you know, is, I don't mean the ksuva, I mean the, the actual erisin and the nisuin, you know, is, is gone by virtue of her act of betrayal. We don't say that. Because of Lasefer Krisus, you need a get. And, and she can marry somebody else. So it's not like she's not marriageable, so why is she off limits to the other? Right? Right? Just as the marriage with her husband, who she betrayed, you know, doesn't isn't terminated by her act of betrayal. You still need the matir of a get, right? So too, she can marry someone else. There's Fisas kiddushin, unlike erva. It sounds like this din of sota ketuma is practically only a din in yibo. Now, the truth is that the Gemara says, uh, you know, the Gemara in in sota notes that the word vinitma appears three times, and it's echad the baal, echad the boel. The Truma. The um, I don't know if you guys got a chance because we're getting in between two sugas. I don't know if you got a chance to see the. Anybody get a chance to see the Yerushalmi in Soto Aleph Base? Well, you didn't see it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Maybe like I don't know how many years ago it was. I but uh, but uh, anybody see it? Exactly. Again. The Yerushalmi has a limud or a miut. They take out the uh, the truma, right? Echad the baal, echad the bolal, echad liyava, which is amazing, right? Now you have to understand. Let me just uh, make a, a quick uh, comment. Um, oh, and then we'll look at the the gemara and sota. Um, okay, and that is as follows: the, the parsha of sota, of course, is a, a very sensitive parsha in Torah. And we hope it's a very rare circumstance, you know, um, in, in life, you know, and so on. Um, however, you know, the idea that, um, you know, the, the psukim, according to the Mesora, refer specifically to the impact of Yibum is just striking. This is not a question. It's more of a, a comment, meaning... The circumstance of sota for a, a yavam, you know, if you're if you're being pragmatic about it, is is likely to be very very rare. Like how many situations, you know, are there, you know, where, you know, there is a sota situation and then the fellow dies and he has a brother, everything is perfect, and so vinitma 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 or tuma kesot tuma keerva, dar limudim. You know, and there are, are psukim that the Torah embedded in the treatment of Sota, you know, that specifically 
target this very rare, I mean, from an actuarial point of view, I'm trying to say, you know, this is very striking. Okay. Um, unless, unless, yeah. I, I would disagree on what, what you're trying to conclude actuarially. Oh, okay. Are you an actuary? No, not at all. Okay. I'm a nephew of an actuary. Well, that's close enough as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I have a son who was a math major. Why do they not be together uh, intuitively? Because the fact is, a man is, think about the facts. A man is dying, he's in maybe poor health, and he doesn't have children. And those could be factors why women stray. Okay. That's an interesting psychological insight. What you're saying. No, I'm, saying yeah. would, I, I'm just trying to make the point again it's not so much a question I'm just trying what, I'm going to suggest a little I hear what you're saying it's an interesting pragmatic approach and it's an interesting psychological insight and I wouldn't dismiss it at all um, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that in law and in the halacha in particular the, the ubiquity or the frequency the frequency of, of circumstances arising right, is less important than um, the conceptual significance right, of relating to those cases. And what I'm going to try to suggest, different than what you're suggesting, but I hear it, is that um, you know, Yibam and Sota, the interface between those two, is very telling for both. And that even though it's a very rare circumstance, you know, um, and of course you have to relate to the Baal and the Boel, and you would think that maybe even the Trumba would be more frequent, let's say, than the, um, than the Yavam, you know, but the the Yavam kind of tests, Sota tests Yibum, you know, uh, or that interface, you know, is one, you know, which is acutely sensitive. I'm going to try to explain, you know, I'm obviously building it up with, with the things that we're discussing, but we'll get to it. Okay. Um, oh, I'm not going to continue reading the Ramban here, even though I, I should, but I'll just add, um, okay, just one more line. But Torah Talmud... It's a great Ramban, as all are. I mean, it's like superfluous to say that. I mean, so how do you, you could have read the Parsha of Sota, you know, the Limudim in Sota, you know, so we know in Sota that we're Memai Dibum Vachalitza, you know, but we're Marbet Fisas Kiddushin. That, that's what the Ramban is asking, which kind of feeds into my narrative which is like, the Ramban is questioning, like, how come the law here is so, you know, singular? It's a, it's a rule breaker. But what he's also asking is, like, what's going on in the, you know, in, in the Rabboni Shalom's Cheshbon, in the way that he's writing the Parsha of Sota, and the role that Yibam is playing, both the exception and the, and the role. Like, you could have interpreted the Psukim, the Nitma, to say, it says Vinitma, right? So you could have said that Vinitma means... Ke'erva, there's no Tfisa's condition. The, the marriage is over. Or she betrayed her husband. She can't marry anybody ever again. We don't say these things. But that's what the Ramban is saying. Torah Talmud, this is the Ramban's quote. Marois l'rabos kiddushin, right? How, how do you know that there is Tfisa's kiddushin? Ulamai dibam v'chalitza. V'odam, rinam b'masu grushoso, afilaman d'amritam. Masu grushoso and tuma is a parallel problem which I think has to be treated in a parallel fashion, but we're going to leave that, you know, for the moment. We'll leave that for the moment. In the end, the Ramban, this is something we've talked about when we talked about Saras Erva, from, you know, the regular group. Um, in the end, it's a pretty nice Ramban. Um, oh, um, in the end, very good. 
Um, in the end, the Ramban quotes the position of the Ravid, which he expands on in Mohamos, in which we discuss even more expansively the position of the Ra'ah, which is quoted by the Ritva, who has a totally different take on Sara, on Erva, on, I'm sorry, on Sota and, and Sara Sota as well. And I'm only mentioning it now, um, for our purposes now, just to contrast it. Meaning, the, let's take the Ra'ah, because it's more explicit. The Ravid, quoted in the Ramban, um, understood that actually Tsaras Sota and and does require Chalitza. Okay. And that Tumak Sivbo Ke'arayos only means that there's a din of Tsara. I mean, the Tsara is affected as well. However, just because the Tsara is, both the Tsara and, um, you know, the Sota herself do require Chalitza. Okay, that is the view of the Ravid. The Ra'ah is even more explicit, quoted by the Ritva, and that is that not only that, but actually um, even, you know, even Yibum, you know, uh, Bia Rishona might work, you know, when it comes to, you know, Sota. And again, the, the Tuma Ke'erva is explicitly, is, ex- is exclusively about the principle of Tzara Now, again, well, We'll analyze this more when we finish up this topic. But for our purposes right now, I'm using it as a foil. The, the Ramban rejects this. Most Rishonim don't hold this way. Certainly the mainstream Chachmei Tsarfat and even Chachmei Sfarad don't hold this way. The Ra'ah holds this way. He's one of the Chachmei Sfarad. Talmud of the Ramban. The Ravid holds this way. The Ravid is obviously a giant and, and you know very critical in the world of Provence. But the majority of Rishonim don't hold this way. But the fact that the Ravid and the Ra'ah do... Um, again, in Moxie Grishoso, as we know you have in that parallel, it's a much more prominent view. But the point is, uh, you know, the, there is Tfisas Kedusha. There is no car race, right? The Gemara does say in Sota, you know, that, you know, just like you need a get, you should need Chalitza. So, you know, this, these, are, this, these arguments, you know, that this is just so legally, you know, dissonant from what we were expecting or from given the role that the other factors and, and forces play, even in this context, you know, ad kach, that, you know, the Ra'ah and the Ravid were inspired, you know, to, to adopt what, in terms of the pshat and in terms of the, you know, a predominant, you know, accepted view of the Rishonim, you know, was, was rare. But, you know, they did it not because they were iconoclasts. You know, they weren't looking, you know, to, to make a, uh, an impression. But uh, they, they just couldn't abide this idea that, you know, you have Chayve Laban, but there's no Chalitza and there's, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, you know, with Tzvitzas Kedushin and no Chorus, etc. It just couldn't, it's just not something that, you know, that they could abide by. They just, they felt it couldn't be. It's like, it's inconceivable. And therefore, even if it's a little bit dochak, you know, to read the, the sugya this way, they, they chop down, basically, the implications of Tzorosom. But, Rashi, Tosfos, you know, as I say, the Rambam, the Rambam, if you look at the Rambam in Perik Vav, you know, Hilchos, um, do you have it there, uh, Jacob? You're our, our quarterback of the day, as they say. Um, Perik, what is it, Perik Vav, Halacha? Is it Yutes? Yutes. Yeah. 
So basically the Rambam does what? He distinguishes between two cases, between the Gemara and Soto, which you're going to read in just a second, and the Gemara here in Yavamos. First he relates to the Givamos and then to the Sota. What's the difference? One is... Exactly, excellent. Sota Vadai is like Sota Safek. But Sota Vadai, you know, like Rashi Tosus, like the mainstream Rishonim, it's clear that there's no Yibum, there's no Chalitza, there is a Ptura of Tzaras uh, a Sota, meaning we literally take uh, uh, Tuma Karayos, wins the day. And it's not as if... You know, um, you know, we have any doubt about the Rambam's view. You know that erva is typically a necessary factor, and that visas kiddushin is typically a necessary factor, right? Because let's, let's remember that you know uh, maybe of all rishonim, the visas kiddushin idea, which appears in the Gemara Chafum base, but is embraced by the Rambam and then by the Ramban and others as well. Um, you know, the Rambam, you know, even more so, the Rambam had a special limud, you know, that he projected that isn't exactly formulated in the Gemara to this effect. That's Perak Bav, right? Halacha Tes. isha pratla erva, she'en kuchin, right? klal, all these are the shonos of the Rambam, and the limud is the Rambam. Shenemar right? He kuka liyava. So, you know, and then the next one. I mean, Chayvei Laban or Chayvei Essen, right? They have Chalitza because because it's Tzvitzas Kiddushin, right? So is so is the Lava of Sota, right? So even though the Rambam, you know, even more than other Rishonim, you know, he needs a, an exclusion for Erva, and it's all based on Tzvitzas Kiddushin, all the Kiddushin that we've been speaking of during the year of the Rambam. Nonetheless, he embraces the unvarnished reading of the Gemara and Daphid Aleph that the exception is based on Tuma uh, of Sota. Oh. So just before we get to you know, the bigger point in just a minute, um, it's very helpful, right, Jacob, to, to look at the Gemara in Sota. Now, even though the Gemara in Sota is, um, is actually discussing Suffolk Sota, yeah. right, but already... The Gemara joins um, an analysis, kind of, of of some of the issues, especially the issue, you know. Again, um, on the surface, unlike an erva, we'll just you know say Merosh, or how would you say Jacob? Unlike an erva, where the question relates to who? The relationship between the woman and the Excellent, and that wasn't even so obvious. <laughs> okay, but I figured I would go for it. Exactly. So, in addition to all the things that we've spoken about till now, which is 
you know, there's no krisus, you know, there, there's tvisas kiddushin, right? You know, uh, um, and so on. Everything we spoke of. This, it's not in the parsha of Erva, right? There's another, you know, factor here, and that is that if we're talking about, you know, the tef, tesvav arayas of the other Ervas, you know, that the Tumah supposedly is comparing to, we're always talking in the Ervas about the relationship between the candidate the candidates, we'll, call, we'll say it. I mean, the Yavam and the Yavam. Can they, is this a proper potential Yibum? After all, you know, what would be their relationship? I Meaning the relationship between husband, the deceased husband, right, and the, and the wife, or wives, or the wife in question, I, I don't know whether it was actually, you know, uh, harmonious and perfect. Well, let's assume for you know, that it was, but that's not, I mean, legally at least, structurally, it was perfectly fine. There was no problem there whatsoever. What, what is the air of a problem that we're, that is the context that we're dealing with? It's all about the relationship of this new couple. The Yavam is supposed to step in, right? And therefore his relationship with the Yavama, if that's an Erva relationship, again, Ruvain married Shimon's daughter, which he's allowed to do. He married his niece. But, but Shimon can't be Miyabim, his daughter, Right? But when it comes to Sota, and by the way, this is true also of Matsu Grushaso. Matsu Grushaso is the next case over, and that also is a Tomei issue. We're going to discuss that. Or what's the case of Matsu Grushaso? Let's say Matsu Grushaso of Iser. <coughs> what's the case, uh, Kiva? When you marry someone, when you write someone, you divorce them, and then you. Ruven was married to someone. Ruven was married to Leah. Right, they got a divorce. Leah went off and married somebody else. Got a divorce. And now Ruvain wants to return Leah as his wife again. So that's called Masugrushaso, and that is prohibited. Correct? And the part, the next Gemara over, the next uh, issue, right, is what happens if the, if, you know, and then, so he, he married her a second time, illegally, meaning Be'iser, but the Kedushin is Tofes, because it's only Chayve Laban. Right? And then he dies without children. And now Shimon, the brother of Ruvain, is facing, you know, the um, you know, the, the you know, his sister in law, divorced sister in law, again sister in law, right, as a candidate for Yibum. So in both of these cases, the the question is not, you know, the relationship the problematic relationship between the Yavam and the Yavama, the problem is the, or at least initially, the problem is the problematic relationship between, right, Ruvain, the deceased brother, and his wife. Okay. So that's not something that is lost on the Gemara. So what, what's the, just the background quickly of, uh, of the Mishnah and the Gemara and Sota? The Mishnah, just what, like, I could take, take, I mean, yeah, quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, What's that? What's the uh, the Mishnah first? On so, the I'm oh, sorry. What do you have? The Mishnah first. The Mishnah says uh, that you need kinui and stira in sota, correct? Yeah. You know, in order to be, you know, mashke the sota, the the meyamarim, the whole parsha in in what is it baloscha? So, um, but but basically. Um, you know, that's the process of, of Sota. And then we're told, you could just go to the end, 
If there was stira after kinui v'shasi mokadei tuma asura lebeisa, that means she is then prohibited. She cannot continue to live as husband and wife with her husband until this matter has been determined, you know, uh, in a more supernatural way, I guess, right? Otherwise, safek sota, she's asura. Ve asura lechol betruma, right? I mean, if he's a Kohen, she can no longer eat truma because, you know, she's no longer permitted to continue to live with him as husband and wife, even though, the, again, the kedushin is still chal, as we said before. The emes, choletzes velomus yavemes. Okay, and if there happens to be a yibum situation, there will be chalitza, even though there'll be no yibum. I, when our Gemara says that there's no yibum, no chalitza, and you know the tsaros are peturos. No, because our Gemara, that's you know, that that's uh, our Gemara itself discusses that question. We just didn't read that line yet, but we'll get back to it. Uh, the Gemara says, yeah, no, no, no. The sugya in Sota is safek. The sugya in Yevamos is vadai. And that's, that, that explains the discrepancy in terms of chalitza and in terms of tzara. Okay? However, the exclusion of, of yibum, misafek, that seems to be something that stands. And the question is like, why? Why, why can't she be a yibum candidate? You know, um, why is it different than ase docha losase, frankly? Okay. So that you have to turn to the Gemara and Hayomid base. And the, the most important thing to mention first is, is Jacob, that what? That the Gemara works very hard. Right? The Gemara has a tough time with this. You know. and then it becomes our job to figure out what's the Gemara's answer. But even the Havami, even the questioning, you know, it could be important. These are clues. This is evidence to try to figure out like, well, what's happening here. Oh. Okay, go ahead. This is Hamid Bayes. Go ahead. Is it up there also? Okay, good. Yeah. Am I to So that's a great Havamina. I mean, the Gemara is saying, you know, um, it's Suffolk Sota. You know, it, they know that he's, he's, she's not allowed to continue to live with her husband until matters are clarified, one way or another. Otherwise, she's Midoraisa Asura Lo. But is there a stira between being asura lo and being misyavemes to the yavam? She didn't betray the yavam, right? So that's an amazing line already. That kind of you know, that's you know the you know the gauntlet you know has been you know um, you know thrown down, if you will. Like you know, like, like why you know what does sota have to do with yibum? Basically, okay, I don't mean the actuarial question. I mean now the conceptual question, like, there's no problem between him and her. She didn't betray him. She betrayed the brother. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Meaning, there's a special Xerosakasov, right, that says, you know, that she can marry anybody else, but the Acher excludes a Yavam. Okay, again, we're going to try to do this quickly, so it's much more complicated when you try to do all the Mepharshim, but the, basically you could understand this in one of two ways. We'll call it a, a more innocuous way and a more, you know, um, conceptual way. The more innocuous way is to say, this is Xeris HaKasuv, 
you know, and you know the the Torah is being megale that this is a problem in Yibum. There is, you know, um, also an interesting, you know, um, facet here, and that is that you know Yavam is considered the Yavam is considered an acher. Okay, uh, just to highlight that the Balitosis alatar. If you look at this Tosis, la'acher below la'yavam, so Tosis scours Shas, as, as is there. You saw it, Jacob? What? You didn't have time. Yeah, listen, we're, we're right. Um, I, I, you know, if you saw it, that, that's what I'd say, gravy, and if you didn't, in this case, we're doing everything a little bit, you know, out of order. So uh, Tosis scours the Shas. Is it true that the word acher you know, in, in, in rabbinically and in especially in, 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 in Tanakh, you know, um, excludes a brother or a yavam? Is that really true or not? The answer is, is mixed evidence if you look at Tosis, right? Why, well, lady, you're shaking your hand. Uh, no. no. I, I, was, I was thinking of the case in Ksulis. What? I was thinking of the case in the Eight Parak of Ksulis where they say, where they say, yavam nami ka'achir dami. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, but if you look at Tosis here, Tosis quotes a Gemar Nerechen, Tosis quotes a Gemar Ksulis, there's one line here which is particularly interesting, meaning is it really true that Yavam or an Ach, you know, is typically an Acher? Like, you know, so again, on a technical level, that's an interesting, whenever the Torah uses the word, you know, Acher, does that mean, you know, um, to exclude Yavam? He's not just any old Acher, he's your brother. Oh, there's mixed evidence. But, which is, I think, fascinating. But I'm going to take, just uh, pluck out one line in the Tosas. Tosas says, The koshkin gabayavam deba mikoach nisue achiv. Ah. Meaning, you know, there's an objective question, like when the Torah says something about an acher, you know, another person, not you, another person, you know, is your brother, you know, an exception? Is he too close to you? You know, or is he an acher legabe? That's an objective question, right? And then all of us can anticipate that, you know, we might be mechalic. Depends on what the area of halacha that we're talking about is. Right? In some things, a brother, you know, is just, a, is, is, you know, is not included, you know, in the inner circle. He, he's not me or my, the extended me. You know, he's an acher. You know, and Lagabe, I don't mean it, you know, it depends on your relationship with your brother, you know. Um, you know, again, these are structural ideas. But Lagabe, certain halachos, like, you know, oh, dodo, ben dodo, you go, when it comes to, like, you know, pigeon or, you know, certain relationships, you know, that you have, sometimes all of Claudius is your brother, and sometimes even your brother isn't your brother, you know. Um, and often your brother's your brother and not an acher. You know, and and Klal Yisrael are your Reya or your Chaver, or and so on and so forth. This is, of course, what what makes um, again studying you know the halacha, you know, in a in a precise way so fascinating because we're we're really trying to define relationships and the idea that you know you know relationships manifest themselves not in a simplistic you know uh, it is or it isn't, but you know where context and you know and 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 application you know, will sometimes dictate, you know, who is an acher and who's an extension of yourself. You know, that's very reasonable. Anyway, that's what this toast is trying to do. But of course, the line, koshken gabayavim debam ikuach nisui achim, de lav acher, who is a critical line. Meaning, 
when it comes to, whatever Tosa say at one point, whatever you're going to say, maybe in other areas of halacha, a brother is an acher. But is it a coincidence, you know, that the brother is the one here who we're turning to for Yibu? Ki yeshvu, achim, yachtav. Right? Uh, moreover, and this is going to be critical, it's hard to know whether these are different. Probably they're different. It's hard to know overlappingly which one of these is the bigger idea or to separate them out. But it's, it starts with ki yeshvu achim yachtav, the first words you know, as we noted in our Hakdama, the first words the Torah uses about Yibum is ki yeshvu achim yachta. Talks about the unity of brothers. You know, and the the fact that <coughs> you marry somebody, you know, you're marrying, you know, into their family, right? Important lessons, you know, for you know all the uh, all the singing that we've been doing. Um, so, um, Basically, you know, it's kiyeshu achim yaktov. There's already a certain proclivity to thinking that you know an ach isn't just a you know uh, somebody who shares your your DNA, but that there's a certain again existential you know kesher between them. Moreover, there's, it's very possible, you know, that that's what zika is. Zika is an extension, especially if you think, and this is you know a I don't know fifty percent or forty percent you know um, possibility. If you think that Yibum, you know, is partially, uh, you know, assuming, you know, the uh, the ishus of the brother taking over the ishus of the brother on some level, there are different ways to say this. Whether it's the Arison part or even the Nesuin part, meaning what you know, uh, as we discussed, the discussion of Rashi and Tosis in, uh, in the beginning of Kiddushin, you know, and and elsewhere, and the Sfarno that we discussed in the beginning of the year, and many other evidence, and maybe. One, way, one perspective on the Suen Mapilin and on Zika in general, the more you think, you don't need to say this because you could just say but the more you think that this is about Isha Sameis, right, that he's not an Acher. And then, of course, the idea that, you know, even though typically Erva is a problem between the Yavam and the Yavama, but here somehow the, the difficulties between you know the 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 you know the, the the husband the first husband you know and his wife somehow end up being the yavam's issue as well you know all of that is enhanced if you think that on some level he's stepping into the marriage of his brother on some level because then which will say oh typically there's no problem in the marriage of the brother you know the problem is he can't step in you know if if he independently has a problem you know, in terms of relationship with this, you know, sister-in-law. But kol shikain, kol shikain, ah, that might be a big answer here. Kol shikain, if there's a problem in the marriage of the brother, you know, then the ability to step into that marriage, or is that the kind of marriage, either the ability, because he's in place of his brother, or, what I will suggest in a couple of minutes, is it the kind of marriage that is conducive to the kedusha of Yibum to begin with, Right? you know, that, that is subject to Yibam. Ah. So when the Gemara here says, all I'm trying to say is, there are two ways to read this line of the Gemara and a few others. When they say, one way to say, it's a it just teaches us this din. And it is connected to an objective question, namely whether or not a brother... You know, when do you see a brother as an acher? When do you see him as an extension of yourself? And so on and so forth. 
That's point number one. But point number two, in line of Tosis, even though Tosis could be understood within the first perspective as well, and it's just like a nuance within, is maybe when we say Le'ish V'lo'acher, what we're really saying is that, you know, either because it's in the nature of Yibum that it is stepping into the Ishus of your brother, right? Or, even if that's not true, because it's only, I'm making up the numbers, you know, 50% or 40% true, but even with the Rishonim, that isn't exactly what's going on. But nonetheless, on some level, right, it is still the sensitivity of the legacy of your, maybe totally independent issues between you and this woman. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's still to honor your brother's legacy. Are you supposed to be honoring his legacy, you know, in, in a situation where, or with a woman who undercut you know, uh, who betrayed him? Or, third point, the one that I think is for sure true anyway, if indeed, as we've been saying, you know, according to many Makoros from the beginning of the year, that Yibum isn't just a Hechetimtzi, you know, which is Doche the Yisrael for the sake of this greater mitzvah of Lahakim L'Achid Shein, but rather, it is itself you know, in a very, the most acute in some respect, expression of Kedushas Ishos Shal Yibam. That's what we mean by it. And that's why Abba Shol has his kpedas and expresses itself in the hypersensitivity of Tsaras Erba, you know, and so on and so forth. Namely, on the one hand, you're trampling all over the rules in every case of Yibam, because you're allowing, you're demanding the marriage of an Erba, of, of an Eshazach. But on the other hand, the reason that you're doing that and how you're doing that is by saying, you know what? You know, what normally would be an egregious betrayal of your brother in this context, right, is an extraordinary chesed and an act of which highlights the family connection and responsibility and framework of every marriage. So when you're saying that, so are you going to say that? You know, in the context of, you know, a marriage that was, you know, legally and, and, you know, because it was first, you know, morally and humanly, not just flawed, but, but you know, corrupted. Are you going to say that? Right? So, maybe that's the pshat. I don't know. I'm going to say, la'acher velo liyaba. Meaning, he's not an acher. You know, he's stepping into your... Your footsteps, or he's not an acher. It's you know, it's it's kieshvu achim yachta, or he's not an acher. He is, you know, trying to redeem your legacy, but by means of an elevated sense of kedusha. How does this elevated kedusha doesn't work? You know, with with a sota, you know, who who the brother was supposed to dismiss. So true, it's not comparable, you know, to a, a typical. You know, yibum problem where it's the yibum yavam and the yavama. It, it in some senses it's worse, and maybe because it's worse, the standards of kares and tvisas kiddushin and so on are more, you know, um, flexible or negotiable. Yeah. Well, the, eventually that I think is the idea in sota vadai, obviously more than sota something. In case we run out of time, and that's I think what the gemara means with the limud of tuma ksivbe. Karayos, even though there's no Tvisas Kedushin, because precisely of the perspective 
of, of the brother's Ishus, which superficially seems like a problem, but actually highlights, you know, this whole, you know, critical aspect. Let's continue. Amalei Abaya. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't need Chalitza, because, because why? I mean, you did such a good job explaining you know, that, uh, that this is not subject to Yibum. So again, through Xeris HaKasov or because of the beginnings of what I'm trying to say. Obviously, the more you say what I'm trying to say, as opposed to Xeris HaKasov, you could say, in the Chabalah Chidusha, right? You say what I'm saying, it's like, whoa, the, not because I said it, but, but like there's no Zika here either. This is like a huge flaw. What, what seemed to be, you know, uh, an inexcusable extension you know, is, is really just toxic, you know, no, no foundation for evil, right? Okay, either way. Amale. So, again, you could look at this in two ways. Again, you could say, oh, it's only the law and technical, we're trying to, you know, he has to be Megarisher, right? So, uh, so the Yavam has to be, uh, you know, Cholator. Okay. Uh, that's where the Ramban asks the question, and Tosis here, we'll have to get back to it, but Tosis here asks the question in Sota as well, like, yeah, so why isn't that true even for, for a Vadai? The answer is because the Vadai, whatever I said about the Safek, you know, is escalated because of Tuma, and that's why it's even Tzaras Erba, right, and that's why there's not even a Chalitza, I mean, there's no Zika, when, when we know it's Vadai, and, and that's what Tuma means. It's the Tuma of Erba, not just the technical you know, kurva of erva. This is like a different erva. Okay. So anyway, but that's the Gemara's question. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, even... Okay, you're talking about him stepping in another perspective, the second perspective. You're talking about him stepping in in the place of his brother, right? And that's why it's acher, the lowly of him, right? Okay, but he shouldn't be better than his brother, the brother needs to divorce her. He needs to be cholates her. Right, so why isn't that true also for, for the Vadai? As we said, because, you know, the brother married her. You know, here we're talking about whether this is a candidacy for Yibok. But maybe that's only in the Vadai. Okay? Clear? Hopefully? Okay. I'm assuming. Eitan? Clear? Okay. Um, Isda Amri. Ooh, go ahead. Yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, this doesn't seem to be, or unless you hold like Tosis's Tosis quotes or Benuchana, Tos quotes or Benuchana is saying, Rabbenuchana hit him the last last line, Upiresh. So the Rabbinu Hananel made it a little bit more about Yibo, about Binyan and not Stira. Otherwise, it sounds like this is more, you know, she's a homewrecker. You know, so she's a homewrecker and you're going to, you know, um, you're going to force her on, on a Yavam, right? Amalei Abaya. Meaning, if it, that's why the Pashtus, aside from Rabbeinu, so Rabbeinu Hanan is like, like it's even worse than Yibo, 
because it says Layivna. Okay, that's a little bit of the hypersensitivity, but the next line of the Gemara, the Abaya is more like this should be a, if if this is a universal din, you know, maybe like he married her, he's stuck with her, he's got to do something. Uh, this you know this new party, you know, he doesn't have to be you know. Uh, so then, okay, so how can she? How can she marry anyone else? By asking, how can you marry some anyone else? The Gemara is signifying it's not a special din only in Yibo, right? Okay, go ahead. Omar lay. Yeah, so that could have been read in two ways. Again, you could say, ah, oh, you know, if we were talking about, you know, right, oh, oh, oh let's say the normal way for it. The, the more broad way or the general way is to say, listen, it's one thing, you know, to force her on someone. It's quite another thing to let someone else choose that he wants to take a chance, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, uh, redeem her or, or, or live with her. That's just reasonable, even if you're talking about objectively. It is also, if you want to make it into a yibum issue, you could say more like, well, yibum is balkorkok. That's an extension of the husband. You know, there, her, you know, her status as a mukul kales, you know, is, is, you know, is built in. Built in universe, on the universal side or built in even more on the yibum side and the asher Yivna. Hard to say. Okay, but either way, okay, go ahead. Om Rav Yosef. Yeah, another, uh, they're working very hard, right? It's very rare you have so many, like they're really working hard. Well, what do you make of this one? I mean, again, it's not she's a cher in the sense of, she's not, you know, uh, the best shit of material, right? So um, is that, that's not a yibum din. Right, that's a general din, and that's why, again, the Gemara says, so if she's not, you know, such good marriage material, you know, we're not going to foist her on the, on the Yava. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not a Yibum sensitivity issue. Go ahead. I mean, let's say she marries, let's say she gets divorced from the first husband, she marries a second husband, <coughs> like in a typical case of a Sota, then the second husband dies without children and has a brother. So you're going to say, oh, you can't foist her, you know, on, uh, on, on somebody unless it's their choice. But that has nothing to do with, with the kilkul, meaning the Gemara found an ingenious way to separate, you know, the balkarcha aspect of Yibum from the connection to the victim, mean the first husband, right? Because we're not talking about the first husband. She was she betrayed her first husband. She got married to a second husband. She died. I mean, he died. You know, now she is omedas liibum for the second husband. But the Gemara is saying, well, but it's balkarcha. Right. Could, could, could that like, prove the point even more? Though, that like, that it's, a, this, it's a universal woman, This woman, yeah, for yibum, this woman is totally because Yeah, but not. not right. Oh, I see. Mean it's a, it's a broad yibum thing, even though it's not his betrayal. Exactly. That could be also. That's a great point. Okay, I was thinking that, but that that makes total sense. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so that's just a very nice uh, liberal. You know, uh, she she did a bad thing. You know, that doesn't mean that she can't do chuvan and be a good person in another marriage. You know, she has to pay for the crimes of, of her first marriage, but it doesn't mean she's stamped forever, which is a good thing. Okay, so that answers that part. Go ahead. Then you have Rava. Rava, Amar, Kavachomer. 
Now this is like, you know, quite interesting. <laughs> what is it? Bringing your Kalachomer from the fact that Stop since she's Usher Bebal, because she originally had a head there, the Kalachomer, she should be called Usher Behesh's Ah. Imnes Rabba meaning her husband, she's married to Ruvain, and she betrays Ruvain, and now she can't continue to live with Ruvain, even though he had previously a permitted relationship with her. So now we're going to foist her on the brother where there's an Isarashis Ah, right? And we're going to say, um, you know, she could be a candidate for him, right? That's the Gemara's question. So that's very interesting. You could see that as a so. Okay, Omer Abaya. Why? Because. Yeah. So by asking that question. The Gemara is trying. To, it, at this point, the Gemara thinks it's like almost like Xeris Akasov. It's like, you know, uh, she's muttered to her husband, you know, and now it's a problem, and she's not going to be a problem to somebody who she had a previously also relationship with, but without like caring about the details. So then they're saying, "Oh, we have uh, ingenious cases," you know, um, you know, Ashes Cohen Godol and Almana, you know, and a Cohen Hedja, right? Even though. Uh, you know, there's no no real problem there, right? Says the Gemara. Yeah. So that's not a good example because that's just the the, the, the heter and the isra have nothing to do with the stages of the of the of the ishas. So the question is, the Gemara is saying, oh, it just isn't technically that kavakomer, but the kavakomer is just a kavakomer. Or now the Gemara is kind of saying something else, which is, you know, what this kavakomer is really the key to understanding the yisod. That you know, we have higher standards for Yibum to overcome Eishasach, you know, than we do even for the Ishas itself. Namely, there's a concept Kedushas Ishas Shel Yibum. So, next line of the Gemara. Another ingenious case, right? So she again a tragic case. She was a Nansa, but she's a Surah Kohen, even though it wasn't her fault. And he has a brother who's a Chalal, right? So what are you going to say about that case? So what does the Gemara say? Meaning from, she, she didn't do anything wrong. It's a technical problem in, in Kahuna. It's not a problem for the Cholo. So even though technically she was Asura, Lemutar Lab, but, uh, you know, it's not, that Easter doesn't register vis-a-vis, you know, the, the Asur Lab. Right now, again, you could understand that in a very technical way, or you could understand what the Gemara is really trying to say is what that this kavachomer, which is the esod, is another way of saying, listen, this, you know what's what's asur in a marriage is mag- magnified. If it's a problem, if it's a kilkul, if it's a relationship kedusha problem, is magnified when it comes to the yibo. Correct. Oh. So now this, I guess, we'll finish up with it. We'll just summarize for a minute. Um, Tosis, you saw it in Yvamos? Ask the question. Yeah. Okay, very good. Again, Tosis asks a question from Psuadaka, from the Gemara Yvamos later on. In, you see that? All the Tosis in here, by the way, are important. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them, you know, just to finish up. But the basic is sort of how to. Um, what, where is it? The 
Pay dollar on the base. Yeah, we have it here. Tosas on the Avoyesh Litmoa in like the end of the Bermaskal Eishes Korn Shenansa. Yeah, yeah. Avoyesh, Avoyesh Litmoa. Amayel Arechacha Yisrael Shenansa Kshira. They want to find another Hechetimtzi, right? Yeah. So if that's all you want to do is find another Hechetimtzi, you know the Balitosis can be ingenious too, yeah. right? So what are they? What is the case? So, Yisrael Shenansa Kshira. He became a psuadaka, and therefore he can't continue to live with her. So she becomes a sura to him. She didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. It's a terrible, tragic situation, but it, it's still a reality of Avisa, correct? And now he dies. The Eshla Ach Kasher was not a psuadaka. So why don't you say, the dummy Lamasnisen, my Havala Meaning, why don't you say, that he's, she's usher to the mutter, she certainly should be usher to the usher. But we don't say that. If you look at the Gemara in uh, Pedalid, in Yavamos, we don't say that. So what does Tosa say in Yavamos? Saw it? Pedalid Omidbeis. Tosus gives an answer on Pedalid Omidbeis to this question. Here. Shir Ptuadaka. Didn't see it? Yassi, you saw it? Anybody to see it? Again, I gave this yeah, to yeah, yeah. for a little bit. Oh, you did? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Right. Um, now, below Amrinan Amrinan is another way of saying Bim Tomar Vyeshloma. Below Amrinan. Yeah. Below Why? Oh. Now again, I, I, this is not the only way to read this answer. It is a distinction. They're saying, listen, something happened to him as opposed to something happened to her. That's a distinction. I think what Tosis is saying is this Kalvachomer isn't just a Kalvachomer. This Kalvachomer goes to the heart and core of what we're trying to explain, which is Yibum is overcoming an Iser Eishasach, but it's not just do, doing that so pragmatically you can fulfill the mitzvah of L'Hakim L'Achiv Sheh. Right? It is, it is turning, you know, upside down the Iser of Eishasach. The Iser of Eishasach, which in the context, you know, of, of in a non-Yibum context, is an egregious, you know, Tznius violation, betrayal of your brother, Right, the the ability to turn that into an Isus shel kedusha in order to celebrate his legacy, or to secure his legacy, whatever you want to say, or of kieshvu achim yaktav, the ability to do that, right? On the one hand, is is a basis for rule breaking, you know, heterim, but it it's only if it's accomplished, right, with the hypersensitivity. That that constitutes right kedushas ishus that that justifies it. So that's what the kalvachomer means. The kalvachomer says, "Listen, she's a sota. She was mekukeles albala. We're we're frowning on this marriage. We don't want this marriage to continue. So that's the foundation, you know, for 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 violating or for being you know hutraizing, you know, eshes um, ach." You know, and, and and allowing or or requiring, you know, yibum, right? That's not acceptable. 
Does that have anything to do with a with a person who was married? He became a psuadaka, you know, and and you know then he died, you know, and then his uh, his brother's not a psuadaka. Technically, the Kalvachomer applies, but not if the assode of the Kalvachomer is that we have, you know, a, a greater sensitivity when it comes to matters of the Kedusha of the Ishus to Yibam, because there's nothing to do with Kedusha Saishus. But if it's Nasra, Alide Sota, or and Maksu Grushaso, each for very different reasons, right? Then, under those circumstances, that those, this is not a marriage that is that is a so again. Whether you're talking about stepping into the brother's marriage, this failed marriage, or you're talking about you know redeeming Eishasach, you know lahakim laachiv shame, you know with the goal of kedushas ishos shaliyibum, etc. You know this uh, this this example to adaka simply doesn't qualify. So, getting back to what we started with, which is we still have to go back to the Shachtar of the Gemara, which is like how do you get Tuma, you know, ke'erva. There's there's tvisas kedushin. There's no kares, you know. And we're saying there's no chalitza. There's even tsara, like a shame tsaras erva. Shame tsaras erva. We're saying is like a stigma, like you know, uh, you know, she's my my daughter's co-wife. You know, I, I can't do that. I can't have a relationship with her. You know, is there stigma? And so the answer is yes. There's a certain toxicity, right, in the in the marriage. That, that's what Tumaka Erva really means. So even though it's like a shortcut, I how can it, you know, bypass all the that's what bothered the Ramban, right? And that's what bothered even more the Ra'ah and the Ravid, who Shalok Kipshuto read read the even even the Sota Vadai as, you know, at least having Khalitsa, you know, maybe, maybe even, you know, Ase Dokalosase of of Yibo. Okay, they they agree. At least there's no tsaras tsaras pater. You know. So so what's the answer? The answer is if we were talking about exclusively the relationship between the Yavam and the Yavama, then the factors of erva and kares and tfisas kedushin are what are kaveya. But if we're talking about you know the, the the toxic or the problems of of the husband and the wife, and whether you can do yibum to that marriage. So whether it's on the Suffolk level, where there still is Kalitza and there's no Tzara, but there's there's no Yibum Daraisa, where the, the, the four different explanations that the Gemara provides, you know, in the first parak of Sota, and even more so when it's Sota Vadai, Tumaka Erva, then in Ochanami, you know, that is, you know, almost like Ein Lecha, you know, you know, Gedola Mizu, you know, an inappropriate um, Yibum. Okay, I, I've got to run. Uh, uh, any questions before I? No, no questions. No questions. Uh, I guess you know when when the next generation is here, everybody's like more, you know, calm and, and please come back. <laughs> no, really, it was very pleasure to have you all, and uh, everybody's invited whenever they're you know free. Um, you know, bring your grandchildren and your great grandchildren too, and what well, share care as we say. And uh, but uh, and uh, you know, thank you all for coming. And we'll continue. I think we should probably go back right tomorrow to to try to finish off um, Asia. We'll go back to Asia Seish, um, and then we'll after we finish that, uh, then we'll go back to you know, finish. Tomorrow.